This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader this station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Welcome to the RuPaul's Drag Race recap show for season four, episode 10, no, episode 11. Titled The Bitch Ball. My name's Joe Batanz and I am joined as always by one stupid bitch. From the podcast pod is my <laughs> co-pilot. Please say Oh, she's brought her own pooper scooper. <laughs> to Taylor the Latte Boy. Uh hello, Taylor the Latte Boy. How are you? I am a wonderful guest wherever I go, and I am always sure to bring my own pooper scooper. I am fine, Joe. How are you doing tonight? Ugh, it has been a week, girl. It has been a week. It's Monday. I'm counting the past seven days. And, okay. you know, I, 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 it's one thing I want to talk to you about. I'm going to fade out here. Is I, and I'm being serious here, and I know you're going to do that thing. It's, it's a visual thing. And then you go, this is, what, this is my prediction. Okay. And you're going to go, yep. Yep. After every sentence that I say. <laughs> but, I really don't know how you do your job. I really don't. Like, my, I just have like three people in my life, four, three or four, who just need my constant attention. And it's like this morning, I, you know, actually, yesterday I went to go see, they, uh, John Paul and I went to that theater we like, Alamo Draft House, and they were showing Spirited Away. Okay. Which I had never seen in a okay. movie theater. And it is, okay. if you have a chance to go see a movie theater, it is so fucking gorgeous in a movie theater. It is gorgeous, okay. right? And I've never seen any of those movies, but okay. Oh, you've never seen Spirit Away? I would start. No, I, I, have, I have one in the other room that loves all of those movies, and he talks about my neighbor, Tora Tonto. Oh, I know about Totoro, he yeah. Says you would have, yeah, that he was like, you would need to watch that. He goes, I cry at the end of it every single time, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, I'll get around to it one day. Well, Spirited Away, we're getting close to the end of the movie, and I started sobbing. And it's not even anything particularly emotional. I just started sobbing Uh and sobbing and sobbing. And I was realizing, I think I'm crying just because I have had such a fucking week. And it's been just trying to hold everybody else together. It's just sort of like, I don't know how you... I, I, I was actually thinking, I don't know. I don't know how Taylor or any of these mental health professionals really do it. I know you were going through it's it tough. during. I, I know you were going through it during the panda and the thick of the pandemic, but like, oh, girl, she's still going through it. She's oh, just really? better at hiding it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Because as we know, somebody's very close to me is still going through it. But he's actually an easy one because he doesn't come to me, right? I mean, we talk, and then when he's feeling low, he kind of goes away. But you know, Jonathan's back in my life, and he just will just. Oh, you didn't know this. Oh. No, uh, we'll I mean, I kind of knew that you reached out and then he went, he bought a ticket to the crazy train again. So you're yeah. sort of like, uh, okay. Okay. So here, it, here's what it is. It really is. I actually had a talk with him about this. It was so funny. Was the, it was, I had this honest talk with him about it last week about being normal than crazy. And he talked about it cause he was, in, he was in a state of normal 
And then he stopped calling me, mm-hmm. which I was like, oh, I like this. Right? Yeah. But it's definitely very Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. It's really, really weird. Mm-hmm. It's like Dr. Jekyll. Everyone should remember Dr. Jekyll's the normal one. Okay. Because you think mm-hmm. Dr. Jekyll be the evil one, but he's not. Dr. Jekyll's the normal right. one. And he's like totally normal. And then it happens to be around the weekends, I think. Right? Oh, gee. Well, what do people do on the weekends? No, I don't think it's drugs. I think it's because he does. He's not. He doesn't act crazy in a drug way. He's just really, really depressed. So he doesn't say anything cuckoo. He does just, he have a job? Yes. Is his job nine to five? Uh-huh. Okay, that is why because the job keeps him busy and it keeps him distracted. And when yeah. he is not working, he has time to focus on the stuff in his life that he's not happy about. Yeah. So so when he come, so now the cuckoo now isn't. Cuckoo, I think, you know, the government sending lasers to me. No, that's gone. It's mm-hmm. just deep, deep depression. Right. And then I'll say like okay. constantly, like, I really think you need to, I think you really need to talk to your professional about this. I, and, and I set a boundary and then he'll just go like, well, yeah, you're right. And then keep going. And I'm like, when, at what point do I just go like, okay, I got to go, which I have. I have. So I actually talked to him mm-hmm. about the Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde part, but I mean, even when he does it, he, I do give him like 10, 15 minutes, you know, of just like, just, you know, I just notice who my friends really are, you know, and no one wants to talk to me anymore. And I was just, okay. Like, and I'm just like, okay. And then I have the other one. Then I don't know if you know this either that Betty went to the hospital. Uh, no. Yes. She just got back today. Um, she went last Wednesday and. Um, she had an acute, and she still has it, I guess, an acute pancreatitis. Oh, so, that's yeah, yeah. So she's dealing with that, and then, but then my parents are codependent. So then my dad's been a mess, and I'm just trying to keep them together. It's just like I'm just like, ugh. And then also, if people aren't depressed, a lot of people in my life are in a state of limbo. Myself, John Paul, um. Richard, uh, all these people are like, they're like waiting. Armando, a lot of people I know are just waiting for something. Does that make sense? Yeah. Where you're just, I'm waiting for Spotify. No, John Paul's waiting here when he can leave his job. Richard's waiting to learn that he, you know, Richard's never going to hear this, but I just feel, what do you think my responsibility is here? Because Richard's not, Richard's having trouble finding a job in the show business, you know? Mm hmm. And I know why he's not finding a job in show business, you know, but he doesn't know. And he will complain to me and pour his heart out to me. It's, it's a combination with him that he's another one, too. And just pour his heart out to me about how depressed he is because he can't get a job in show business. I'm like, it's weird. I don't know what to do because he, I know that there's, I don't know what he can do. You know, like, it's you fucked up. Okay. So... I'm going to say to you, yeah. I'm going to say that I'm going to say this to you in a way that I want you to be able to use in the future. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you want how do I how do I want to ask this question? So do you want Taylor the podcasting host's opinion or do you want Taylor the therapist's opinion? Well, I want Taylor the podcast's opinion because um I don't, I, you know, I, I don't want, I'm, I'm not doing this so that you give me therapy advice. 
No, you know? I, you're you're missing the point. Oh, okay. What I'm saying is this may be particularly with Jonathan and with your your cousin is that maybe where you listen to them for a while and then say, look, do you want me to just be somebody that you complain to about this or that you just vent to? Because that's fine. If you want my honest opinion, I'll be happy to give it to you. But just remember, you agreed to take my honest opinion. Mm. And then that is where you say whatever it is that you need to say. That That's particularly with Richard. With Jonathan... I agree just from the stories you've told me. He needs to be speaking to somebody pretty individually, yeah. pretty regularly. And I think that that may be where you set a boundary. Where you said you let him go for 10 to 15 minutes. I wouldn't let him get go longer than five. Yeah. Well, that's where I was after five minutes. I, I you know, Jonathan, I, I do love you. I am your friend. This is beyond what I am able to help you with. I can't support you the way that I feel like you need to be supported in this way. I am strongly encouraging you to talk to a professional about this because I can't, I don't know what to do. And it's all it's doing is it's frustrating me and it is preventing us from communicating in a way that is effective for both of us. So with Richard, yes, I need to have that conversation, right? With Jonathan, mm -hmm. I already made that decision for myself and I'm br brutally honest with him. So he'll be like, I don't know why these people don't talk to me anymore, Mo, because you're a drug addict and they're sick of you. Like, <laughs> And how, I say, and, and this, this is my, this is your friend, but also, you know, Taylor, the therapist. Yeah. How does that make you feel to be able to actually say that out loud? Oh, I love it. And then, but, you know, <laughs> then he has, you know, his crazy responses. Cause then, you know, they always have a response. And his response is like, well, everybody has an addiction. And I'm like, well, that's the reason they don't talk to you. Yeah. With Jonathan, I'm brutally honest. Richard is a little, you have to be a little bit more sensitive. Like, I did have to be set a boundary with him the other day. Cause like, he got really mad. I think, I think he's loving Florida, by the way. Oh, yeah. He's posting pictures and, and is he still and, in Brandon? He's still in Brandon. He's in Brandon for the time being. Well, I mean, maybe for the time. I thought he was only here for a couple weeks. I think he has is to he come. Making, is he making a move? No, he has to come back here in mid September because he has like appointments he has to go to. But, mm -hmm. um, but the boyfriend is there through the end of September. It's one of the, it's the classic. Like, parents are dying, family doesn't know what to do, situations, you know, so. So they brought Richard in? <laughs> uh, well, Richard Richard wisely stays out of it, but, um, yeah. Smart man. All right, this week the Queens put on a pup. How are you, by the way? Oh, yeah, wait, wait, we're going to talk I'm about fine. your Dunkin', no, Dunkin' Donuts. Yes, after, after all of these horrible things that you and your family and your loved ones are going through, I yeah. had a horrible morning this morning with Dunkin' Donuts. What happened? <laughs> And I was telling the, I was telling the, the chat room, the discord chat room about it a little bit. Mm -hmm. And it was where, okay. So it got to the point where when I went into the office, the first thing that I did is I went on my Dunkin' Donuts app and I went and I wrote an email, mm -hmm. a tersely written email to corporate. Not to and the president? Not to the president. Oh, you got to do it to the president. Don't you, don't you remember okay, the well, maybe story? Yes, but I have, I have. A sort of a resolution to it uh, okay. already. There, right. There's there's already been progress. Okay. So I said to them, I went to your because they just they closed my. I have one that's very close to my house and one that's about 
15 blocks away. Mm -hmm. Okay. But it's the opposite direction of my office, Mm -hmm. but they closed this one for renovations Mm -hmm. about a month ago. Yeah. So because I am an addict like Jonathan, I would Mm -hmm. go the extra 10 minutes that it would take to go to the other store Mm -hmm. and then, you know, inevitably be the stereotypical gay that would come in 10 minutes late holding a nice coffee in his hand, but whatever. And that store was amazing, but I had been waiting for this store right by me to open because mm-hmm. it is so close. It is literally on the way to my house, to my office. And even though we both are not necessarily happy with the service we get there, mm-hmm. it's, it's very, we don't give a shit kind of thing, mm-hmm. but okay. So that is all of the, do they know you, the, even though they're horrible, do they know you? There were ones in the past that knew me. The one, the one that the, at the one 10 minutes away, I knew it was bad when I went through uh, last week and as she was handing me my donuts and my coffee, she went, okay, see you tomorrow. Yeah. No, I was just no. like, oh, that, yeah. that, that, that one hurt. So when okay, I was, so um, I wrote, when I was at, when I go to McDonald's, I don't go anymore. There used to be this old, she, she's gone to Angela, this old lady that worked right. there. And hmm. she would always call me by my name on my credit card. She'd be like, Joseph. She was like, oh, good morning, Joseph. And then one time I went through, and I went, uh, I went, she came, you know, she said, you know, welcome to McDonald's, blah, 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 blah. She goes, are you using the mobile app? And I was like, no, uh, yes or no. And she goes, uh, okay, Joseph, come on through. And she had my order already up. Like I didn't even order. And I was like, oh, that's really uh, bad. That's yeah. Really that, bad. that used to be with the, the, she was the, and a manager or a shift leader or something where when she, cause they have a little camera mm-hmm. right there by the drive through and she would come through and go, you know, Small iced coffee and a jelly donut. Wait for you, Han. Come around the corner. I'm like, oh. <laughs> like so I literally like hadn't even got my window all the way down, and she had said that. So okay. So this is this is the email that I sent this morning. All right. Went to your newly renovated store, and then I put the store number in for the first time. Prior to the renovation, I had gone regularly for years, as it is very close to my house. When I got to the drive-through window, the woman gave me my food and handed me a coffee that was clearly more cream than coffee. It basically looked like a cup of milk. Okay. When I started to say I ordered my iced coffee with one cream, I was barked at to calm down and then asked how many sugars that she wanted that I wanted in my cup before she slammed the gate and turned around and walked away from me. This is unfortunately not my first time with poor service at the store, but this was by far the most egregious. This isn't a good look for a store that has mostly one-star reviews online and had an opportunity to start over with a new staff who may be more willing to participate in customer service training. For the last month, I have been going to the store at 3022nd Avenue North. That story is that store is such a 180 from this one. Speedy and friendly service and less expensive at World as well. It is worth the drive for me, despite the closer store to me being literally a block and a half from my house to drive to the 22nd Avenue store from now on. My receipts, my receipt, oh my God, my receipt states my server was Khadijah and I was check number 996 on 829 2022, 759 AM at store, blah, 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 blah. Support code. Because I put in all sorts of information. Because if there's a chance I'm getting my money back, I want my money back. I love black so, people. <laughs> so... <laughs> I get a, that was at 7.59 this morning, or that was at like 8.15. So at 2.38 this afternoon, I get, hello, Taylor. 
Thank you for taking the time to contact Duncan. We are sorry to hear that you had a bad experience at the Duncan restaurant in St. Petersburg, Florida. We will alert the franchisee and or field operations team immediately to let them know what happened. And we have requested that they follow up with you directly regarding this issue. Please allow two business days for the franchisee or store representative to reach out and address the situation. If you do not receive a follow up after two business days, please reply to this email to let us know. We have very high standards for guest satisfaction, and we are sorry that the restaurant lets you down. We hope that you'll give Duncan another chance and come back again soon. Thanks again for taking the time out of your day to let us know. Jose Miguel, Support Center Coordinator. Okay, so at this point, as far as I'm concerned, 2.38 p.m., the clock has now started for the 48 hours. And if I don't hear anything, I will set an alarm on my phone to have at 2.39 on Wednesday Mid-session, I don't care if a client's in the middle of doing trauma work. I will say, we excuse me for just a second. I have to send a nasty email to the fine folks at Dr. Donuts. However, tonight at 8.07, I received another com- I received another email that says, Dear Taylor the Latte Boy, wow. I am deeply sorry for your recent experience at our store located at blah, 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 blah. I understand you had an issue. I have addressed this with the manager and staff to ensure greater efficiency accuracy and service in the future your feedback is greatly appreciated can you please describe the woman that did this to you in the window please feel free to reach out to me at any time stephanie perez area manager and then i guess it says what the franchisee thing is i love black people (laughs) now i am somebody who takes i take pride in treating fast food employees respectfully and politely and compassionately because I know what it's like to work in retail. I know that people treat you shitty. And for, I didn't even, I wasn't even like mad. I just said, that doesn't look like one creep to which I get barked at. Calm down like that. Fuck you. I did nothing to deserve that. And as far as I'm concerned, I will have your job by the end of the day. That is not okay to me. That is what is wrong with this country is we can't be respectful to one another. And I am tired of it and I will not be treated this way. I am a good person and I do love black people and I have no problem with taking people to task for treating me disrespectfully. That's all the Duncan. So are you are you afraid to go back to that Duncan again? You know that. No. Because... No, oh, really? No, I did. I did. I, so I was not even out of the parking lot to which I called Babalu on the phone. Mm-hmm. And like, I had just left him like three minutes before. And he says, mm-hmm. hello, to which I'm like, we are never going back to that Duncan Totus again. And let me tell you why. And I proceeded to rant and rave the whole like five minute drive to work mm-hmm. about this, which he hates going to that store. Anyway, he just always goes to the other one because even though the line is always wrapped around the building, it is like super, super fast. And they are very honey, baby, sweetie. What can I do for you? All this kind of stuff. And thank you so much. And I'll see you again tomorrow. And they are just, it is just a completely different experience. But I decided, I thought, okay, they have renovated. They have made the outside of the store absolutely beautiful. I am assuming that they, that they hired new staff members that can help out and be polite. And I got Khadijah barking, calm down at me. I can't imagine why. I'm super chill right now. This I'm week, so mad about this. 
This week, the queens put on a puppet show before walking the runway in three looks for the bitch ball. After all is said and done, Sharon Needles is named the winner of the challenge, while Chad Michaels and Latrice Royale were placed in the bottom two. After lip sync battle for their lives, Latrice Royale was asked to sashay away. Tino the Latte Boy, go ahead and name two things about the episode and one thing you did not. That's going to be tough. <laughs> Because yeah. there wasn't anything that I didn't like about the mm-hmm. episode, mm-hmm. but there wasn't anything that I necessarily liked about the episode. It mm-hmm. was very, I feel like this was, I know that they had done balls previous to this one, and I liked the concept of it, but there was something about this that felt very, very middle of the road. Mm-hmm. And there was nobody that really stood out as doing amazing in this. Mm-hmm. And even, like Chad and Latrice, like we're just sort of okay. But I, I think that that's a common theme for this episode is it's, it's a very middle of the road episode or even low energy episode in many ways. Um, the thing that I did not like, and looking at this with eyes who have now gone through 14 seasons of this is it is clear. It is really clear how much the producers wanted the world to hate Fifi O'Hara mm-hmm. where there was just no chance of her getting any sort of hero edit, redeeming edit, anything like that. Not only with this, but also with uh, all stars too. Mm-hmm. Like you really, even though I know all of the stuff that went on afterwards and that, you know, just everything that happened and and what a great queen she apparently is or was now I know that she's Jeremy now as far as like doing fundraising for Puerto Rico and all of that sort of stuff. You can't help but hate her by the end of the episode where it's just like, you really just kind of don't, don't like her. So that would be, that would be it. What about you? I'd like that there were real talks. I like, Oh, that is something that was, yeah. Okay. Can I add that to mine? Yeah. I say that that, that that. okay. I put, I couldn't think of anything else. I put, I guess the lip sync was like, it was a fine lip sync. Mm-hmm. It was fine. Yeah. I it mean, was I'd, fine. Uh, the thing I... Oh, wait. No, that's something I did like. Wait, no. I, I wrote something. Okay. I made a mistake. When I was filling it out, I did have a thing, another thing that I liked besides the real dogs. But I put it by accident in the thing I didn't like. And then when I went back, I'm like, oh, I got to put another thing I didn't like. So I never thought of what I didn't like. Okay. So real dogs. Okay. I love Latrice's exit. I think that's what made her iconic. Because I think her performance is kind of mediocre, but she had such a great exit. Okay. I Okay, you know what? I am stealing both of those for two things okay. that I like. Yes, that yeah. is... that is. Yes, I would agree with that. Yeah. Uh, the thing I didn't like... I don't know. Yeah, that's what I mean yeah. with this episode. It's just kind of like... Yeah, and by the way, this is not the fault of the show. I, th- I think this is a really tough thing to pull off in reality shows when you get down to this few people and they don't know what to do anymore with them. And they're they're exhausted. The show's exhausted. Everyone's exhausted. And mm-hmm. it just comes off. And I think in this one, you can just feel the exhaustion. I think you can feel everyone's just really just fucking tired of this. I think that that's part of it. And I also think that part of this is that we have seen okay so when you compare let's let's look at all star no no that's not a good one I'm trying to think of something that would be good um 
when you compare like the first, you like to use who wants to be a millionaire, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. As your, as, as, as a, as a example that you use for things of where they kind of overdid it, mm-hmm. but then they made it of where they had to make it more and more exciting as they did more and more episodes all the time. Mm-hmm. So when you go back and look at the first couple of seasons of who wants to be a millionaire, they almost seem quaint. Yeah. A lot of this seemed, I think, because we are looking at it with eyes who have seen 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, and like where things have just gotten bigger and bigger, mm-hmm. that seeing something like this, like a ball with only 12 looks compared to where we're used to seeing 36 mm-hmm. and puppet shows where the girls go out for blood. And this mm-hmm. one seemed just like we're just going to be nice to each other, but we're just going to be kind of like a little silly to one another. I I think that we are looking at this with eyes that are much more used to the big spectacle, whereas had we actually done this podcast back in 2000, whenever this aired, that it would be, we we would have probably talked more about how great we thought this episode was. Yes, I agree. You're, I, I completely 100% agree. I mean, I think what you've just said right now applies to the entirety of season three. I think season three is an overrated season. Uh, the, okay. uh, but that said... The untucked for season three is an underrated untucked. In my in my humble opinion, it is. I'm going to have to go back and, and it watch is, those. Yeah, it is the greatest season of untucked that's ever been. The really? Untucked, un, oh, untucked in season three is incredible. Season six is that's... pretty good, but it has its high and low points. Untucked season three is a whole different show. It's I mean, an entirely about that different They're show. just vicious. Yeah, they're horrible and mean to each other. Awful. But in the show, when that when you when you just watch in the show, they're just you don't see that. It doesn't really come across as much on the show. They, it was two different teams of editors, clearly. So I don't know. I don't know. All right. After Kenya Michaels elimination, Fifi O'Hara does an impression of her while reading her mirror message. Sharon wants to win a trip, and Chad points out that she's the only girl who has not lip synced. Next, RuPaul entered the workroom the next day. RuPaul entered the workroom to announce this week's mini challenge, the original puppet show. Each queen will drag up a puppet to resemble a fellow queen and put on a puppet show portraying a private key. Chad shines as Fifi O'Hara and wins this week's Mini challenge. After the mini challenge, RuPaul announced this week's maxi challenge. Each queen will walk three categories at the bitch ball. Categories are daytime, do- daytime dog park realness, pooch in a purse party girl realness, and canine couture, a high fashion look inspired by a real life dog. As the winner of the mini challenge, Chad got to assign the dogs to the queens. Um, I'm not going to go through the list of that. Any big thoughts and everything that happened from after the elimination to... The announcement of the Maxi Challenge, Tato the Latte Boy. Well, the first thing, I, the first comment that I wrote down was even before the show started when they said, and this, this week's guest judges are Rose McGowan and Winona Judd. And Winona Judd came out in basically an entire cow of leather, where she came, it was just like where I just went, oh, <laughs> like I was not expecting that because she is, she is a, a sturdy gal, that Winona Judd. And the, all of that leather just did not, do it d- did not do anything to compliment her in any way, shape, or form. Well, and I say also, that as a sturdy gal myself. I, I I mean I'm not being funny right now. Is Winona Judd a lesbian? The rumor has always been that she is, but mm-hmm. that she does not. I mean that she is kind of is she married, DL sort of thing. She is married, 
but she has also gone through a lot with like substance abuse. And I feel like there might be some, I know like her mother obviously very publicly uh, struggled with mental health issues, but I feel like she has some too. I remember there was like a phase where Oprah decided to like take her under her wing and like did like interventions with Winona and like, like for like three seasons, like every once in a while, it's like check in with Winona kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And for some reason I watched those and was just very, oh, you're in denial about something. Like, that was kind of the thought that I got what, from watching that. I cannot um, emphatically and categor- categorically say that she is, in fact, a lesbian, but I would not be surprised. Hmm. I thought she was, to me, it seemed like she was open. She walked down the runway like a fucking lesbian, like, just like, you know, like, like, like a football I, player. I think and- she's, she's just a sturdy gal. I think that that's just what she is uh any other thoughts on the on the after the elimination so Mm -hmm. was okay i have i wrote down a couple of thoughts um i think i know what you're first time oh no i'm not you think you know what i'm gonna say no i was wrong go ahead okay is this the first time that we heard everybody loves puppets yeah I, i didn't realize sharon coined it yeah and that it wasn't like where she did it big i mean i know that every year they do it with everybody loves puppets but she just sort of looked confused as to what to say so she said that and then that's what took off that's a very odd well no she says we're doing a puppet show and then sharon says everybody loves puppets and then right rue says yeah rue says that's right everybody does love puppets i'm like oh that's where this came from Oh, interesting. interesting. Yeah, I put that in my notes. You have my one note, by the way, from this entire thing. So, and my thought was that the puppet show was very tame compared to what we have seen in the past. Yeah. You know, it was definitely, I think, between Chad and Chad and Fifi for who could have won that one. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I think the Snaggletooth, Chad won by a tooth, by a Snaggletooth on that. Do you think that they could do the Snaggletooth thing now or the Queen? Not that they couldn't. I don't care. The, I don't think the production cares. But do you think the Queens would do that? No. Interesting. Yeah, I agree with you. No. Uh, any thoughts on uh, the Maxi Challenge? Or the, We don't get the announcement of it. There's, you know, the problem, guys, everyone should know. This, again, like I said, this is not the fault of season four. This happens in season five and season six and all the other ones. Is that... When you get down to this, they don't, they've already said everything they have to say to each other, you know? And so now it's just like, yeah, yeah. we're just going through the motions. We're just, yeah. Um, I like, I thought that Chad doing the idea of opposites attract made sense. Yeah. You know, and I mean, if anything, I get that Fifi seemed pissed that she got the bloodhound, but I think if anything, that's almost a compliment to Fifi because mm-hmm. Fifi is so, polished and put together and you got this bloodhound that's all droopy and stuff i could have seen how that could have worked for yeah but to be anti-fifi for a second is a i really didn't get a sense chad was trying to fuck anybody over no neither did i yeah b someone had to get the bloodhound who was chad supposed to get to c uh did fifi ever say i want this particular dog and chad said no like None of this ever happened. I think that they were trying to run a storyline through because they were talking about it last uh, last week as well of where Chad and Fifi seem to think that they are neck and neck for the crown mm-hmm. at this point because where they are both where they are trying to get under each other's skin. So I think that Fifi saw that as 
Chad trying to get under her skin. To which I don't think that that was the initial plan. However, the following of that, of with the, are you mad? You seem mad. Why are you mad? I don't understand why you're mad. That's to get under Fifi's skin. Because at yeah. this point, Fifi has handed her an opportunity when she go, when she said, I knew you were going to give me this dog. Mm-hmm. Sort of thing. That now, now Chad has a chance to kind of push past Fifi in that regard by just doing, by doing the, the season, uh, the season nine reunion, Shea Coulee. Do I sound like I'm upset? Like doing yeah. that at, doing that at Fifi and just making her crazy. Yeah, hundred percent. Right on the money, Taylor. You know what? Why don't we take a break right now? When we come back, we'll talk about the rest of the episode. We'll be back right after this. All right, in the workroom, Hunter proves problematic for Fifi. Chad repeatedly asks Fifi if she is mad at her, and Sharon strategizes her poodle-inspired look. Uh, for the table visits, RuPaul returns to the workroom for the table visits. Ru, Ru reminds Latrice she's been re- read for her taste levels and challenges. Chad... Oh, wait, hold on. Ru reminds Latrice she's been read for her taste levels and challenges Chad to show more depth this week. Fifi looks to Paris for inspiration for her bloodhound look, and Sharon Needles takes one week off of her dark lady persona. Ooh, this is a long segment here. As the winner of the mini-challenge, Chad's directed to direct an on an opening number and leads the rehearsal on the main stage. Fifi snaps about the time and takes over as lead choreographer. Meanwhile, Chad and Fifi squabble over the choreography. All right, Taylor the Latte Boy, both a lot to discuss and very little. Uh, We have the workroom, we have the table business, we have the dance rehearsal. Any big thoughts here? Well, let's talk about the work, the walkthrough a little bit. Um, I thought it was interesting that Ruth said to the first two people she talked to, Mm -hmm. well, some judges, I mean Santino, Mm -hmm. say this about your taste level. And mm-hmm. some people, some judges like Michelle mm-hmm. say that you are just too polished for your own good. What do you say about that? I thought yeah. that was very interesting that she kind of was, I don't know if that was supposed to be sort of like a bit that mm-hmm. she was doing yeah. or if she was like throwing the other judges under the bus rather yeah. versus kind of just sort of saying it out loud mm-hmm. on her own. Like I, it, it was, it was a very odd choice not only for her to do that, but the editing of which to where they had the two of those right back to back to each other when they were talking to the different contestants. <sighs> yes. I don't know if the editor being shady I just, or maybe it's, RuPaul, I'll be honest with you, seems a little off in this table visit part. I even wrote down here, is she on Xanax or something? Everything was very like. Oh, hi, Fifi. I noticed that. Yes. Very, very gentle in the way that she said very things. Very gentle. Um, yeah. by the way, some of the co-hosts here at Afterthought, Lori, uh, were telling me that they think you're too much of a diva. What do you think about that? What do you say to that? I don't see anything wrong with being a diva. Okay. Just wanted you to know that. <laughs> um, the only notes I really have on table visits, like she hasn't, she's on Xanax, checked off. And then she, you know, she she goes, all right, gather around, gather around, gather around. Uh, you know, the special guest judges and Chad Michaels has lost her shit about what Noda judge. I, that was fake. That was, that was a hundred percent. No one gets that excited over Rose McGowan and Winona Judd. But Chad Michaels is kind of basic and I could see him 
Definitely over Winona Judd. I think that one may have been real. Rose McGowan, I don't know. <laughs> but, um, but throwing himself on Latrice like that and everything, I thought the same thing where I was like, girl. Yeah. Um, though I will say uh, another note I had was when Rue kind of came for Latrice and her taste level, mm-hmm. I thought Latrice appeared very confident and very, very like poised in her answer. And I wonder if at that point that was the death knell for mm-hmm. because there's, there's no trauma left. There's, there's nothing, there's nothing to kind of ring out of her to make for the last couple of episodes, make them interesting in the eyes of, the eyes oh, of she's done. We're not, not going to get a cry out of you. Yeah. yeah. Whereas, whereas the other girls like Sharon's kind of on her own weird kooky world and you've got where Fifi and Chad are both on the verge of a mental breakdown. Mm -hmm. So she knows that she can play with the two of them, but Latrice isn't willing to necessarily play the way that she would like her to. Yeah. And it could be a thing too, where they know they're going to do all stars the next season soon, you know, Mm -hmm. and like, look, we're going to have her on all stars. She's great. You know, we love her. Um, well, what I was going to say is I, I just, I'll be honest with you. Maybe they don't really, do they still do these surprise choreographed number things? I don't remember. I get back. Um, it's been a while since they've done it, but that definitely was a part of it for a long time. Yeah. And I just, they bug me. They're so stupid. You know, we're like, gather around. Oh, one more thing. Boom. We're going to have you choreograph a lip sync song to this horrible song that is so fucking stupid. I mm. fucking hate it. Yeah, I hated it. Um, yeah. The workroom. Back in the workroom, Fifi is confident she'll beat Chad, which leads to comments about Fifi's competitiveness, which okay, we'll come back to that. Sharon changes her design and struggles with time management and sewing. Meanwhile, ne- on the next day, it's elimination day, and the pressure is on to make the top three. Chad reminds Sharon her only seasoned... Chad reminds Sharon her early season psychic predictions. There's a, a, a preposition missing there. Latrice. No, it was Sharon. You're right. It was Sharon. Chad, that, that Ch- Chad no, said no, no. Sharon, I, hey. Yeah, no, I get that. The sentence has no preposition. The, the sentence says, Chad reminds Sharon her early season psychic predictions. What does that mean? And Sharon makes a final prediction of the top three that does not include herself. Your thoughts on this elimination day? I, the whole idea of the hungry for the win and the conversation as to who really wants to win, mm-hmm. I, that felt like a br- blueprint for future seasons that you, I almost feel like you could correlate that whole idea of needing to be polished and show everything you have and hungry for the win. Mm-hmm. Like that's almost like the blueprint that jan took for her season mm-hmm. where this is where i'm going to be everything i sing i dance i act i'm amazing i can do backflips and all this sort of stuff and i want this i'm really hungry for it and mm-hmm. i don't know that that is necessarily something that always that always works out for the girls when you kind of present that as i am going to do whatever it takes where i'm going to you know ro- roll the roll the the baubles down the steps to make you fall down the steps kind of thing that showgirls moment I kind of feel like they're, they're, I'm going to push back a little bit. I kind of feel like there's like a weird, uh, what's the thing with manners called again? Not what the, manners called? Yeah, well, no, but like when you're using manners, I just lost my words here. Um, 
Etiquette. Politeness? Thank you. Thank you, Humble etiquette. Pie. There's, I feel there's an etiquette on this show where you can be like that, but there's a certain point where you can and a certain point where you can't. So like, you can't be like at the beginning, but I feel when you, by final floor, you can. I don't know why. When it's that close, I feel like you're allowed to do that. But I, but think about who when you, when you've got this season, mm-hmm. and then you have who was the next person in the next season that was really hungry for it that it blew up in her face was Roxy. Roxy seemed oh, very hungry for it at the end, and then that was when the audience, like you know, quote unquote, turned on her. Well, yeah, sort of so, so you're right, you're right. Um, but we all know that there was a weird thing with the show where you weren't allowed to really want it. Remember, because remember in season six, Magnolia Crawford is like i'm really just here for like the social media benefits and they're like <gasps> they're like clutching their pearls like i can't believe she said that oh my god can you believe that get right. this bitch out of here meanwhile i mean that's what everybody's there for now it's sort of what's killing the show you know yeah. um so i think they're i don't know i feel like season seven is sort of like the 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 fulcrum point here where like everything pre-season seven was like that and then anything after season seven everything was out the window but no, you're right. Yeah. But then there's people like Jan who early on, you're like, yeah, I don't know. There is, I don't know why. Cause you know, to be honest with you, Latrice really wanted it. Why do we forgive her? Because there was something Latri- Latrice wanted it, but Latrice also didn't seem to have a problem being Latrice. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, when you've got somebody like, okay, like Chad or Chad or Fifi or, you know, using Jan as the example, they're always, they always seem to be on to where you can't get to know the real person. Whereas Latrice has no problem kind of being Latrice. Yeah. There's an authenticity thing that you appreciate. Yes. Where Fifi seems like she's con- not conniving, but like she's that her only purpose is to gun for that prize. Yeah. No, and I would say I would use that word conniving. I think mm-hmm. that there is something about the way that, but I think that is also in the portrayal that we are allowed to see. Mm-hmm. That is the connivingness of it. And that is why, again, I, you really kind of hated Fifi by the end of this episode. Like, and I, at this point, I wish her nothing but the best <laughs> in life. But by the end of this, you're like, God, she was a horrible person, wasn't she? No, she wasn't. That was. There are some people who aren't horrible people, but that when they're in a competition, they're horrible. You know, they're really competitive, you know, but like in real life, they're not. Uh, Humble, oh no, I'm sorry. It's Luke in the chat room is saying, uh, that, uh, Monet talks about this a lot, that they didn't know how to play the game, that there's strategy now. So, uh, but there wasn't strategy then. And it was almost looked down upon to strategize. I think he's right. Yeah. 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 Uh, all right. Well, now it's time for the looks. Tame of the Latte Boy, you are our queen of looks. <laughs> oh, Christian, I'll appreciate that. Oh, he called me today. It's so f- he he was talking to me today, and I go, I gotta go. I'm I'm cooking the meal for my show tomorrow. What show? And I go throwing down. <laughs> what is that? And I go, I tell him what it is. He goes, could people listen to that? And I go, yeah, people love it. And then he go, and I go, and then he goes, well, call me after. I go, no, I got to watch uh, season four, episode eleven, of what? Of Drag Race. <laughs> He's like, why? And I go, could I do a show about it? He's all, what show? I go, Drag Race recap. He goes, I don't ever hear this. I go, yeah, it's for Patreon. And then he goes, 
are you going to have me on for season three? And I went, yeah. Wait for that call. <laughs> I want you to take a big, deep breath in it. I want you to yeah. hold that breath. Yeah. And don't let it out until I call you for season three. Yeah, we're not going to do season um, three without you. Right. I Okay, so the first thing that we have to talk about was the horrible opening number. Even before the looks was... Mm-hmm just so cringy yeah and this oh, 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 oh 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 i'm sorry oh, I'm, oh, it's, I'm sorry i'm sorry i said it wrong forgive yeah, me yeah it's so cringe Someone, it's so cringe somebody will have to write an email to your corporate to yeah. have to complain about yeah. me saying it wrong yeah but it was it was cringe yeah so cringe and this is the type of shit i hate about this show mm-hmm. is where they put them in they put them in situations which it's almost meant to embarrass them. Yeah. Like at this point, no self-respecting drag queen, which I get that that could be oxymoronic for some people, would sing a song about being a dog and lifting their leg and getting banged in a dog park and all that you kind know, of thing. It's so funny that you say that. Just at, I was at the post office today and I was thinking about, did you, I saw this thing on the internet about these some city, they were having a drag brunch or story time. I don't know what it was. And these white guys showed up and, I don't know, guns and Antifa. I don't know what it was going on. Right? And I watched and the white men were mad. And I was thinking, you know, I don't like these drag queens at the brunches either. And I don't like these drag queens reading to, I don't like them reading to kids either, you know? And I said, but uh-huh. that has nothing to do with they're going to affect kids. I go, I feel this is the gutting of drag. Like, drag is supposed to be subversive and holding up society to look at itself and laugh at it. And what they're turning them into is, like, birthday party clowns. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that that, I think that that is a great, that is a great view on, on that. I mean, I, I can appreciate the drag queens that do book readings and that sort of stuff, but I also think that you know, Nina West isn't going to do a shablam in the middle of the Akron, Ohio library, where no. you take a kid to Hamburger Mary's on a Sunday. You don't need to see. Yeah, yeah I, agree. I agree. Well, how many kids are becoming clowns because they saw a clown? <laughs> Jimbo apparently yeah. saw a clown years ago, and th- that caused him to be True. the clown drag that he is. Um, okay, so my thoughts were... I, I, Again, the only thought that I absolutely was like my favorite look of all of them was Sharon's poodle look. Mm -hmm. I thought that that was a really great look for her. Um, And that's honestly the only one. Chad looked like in the... um, in in the second in the second one with the party the mm-hmm. party princess party pocket puppy princess whatever the hell it was looked like a character actress whose name I cannot remember I keep wanting to say Joanna Gleason no Is no Joanna no Gleason you're, no Joanna you're right Cassie? no you're right I you're right I'll, say, I'll tell you what you're right I said wow that bitch looks like Joanna Gleason okay <laughs> I really did now granted I'm a big faggot and I was thinking about Joanna Gleason from Into the Woods. It's the same person, but like she was in Into the Woods. She was in the original cast of Into the Woods, okay. the Baker's wife. But uh-huh. yes, but she was also on the short-lived sitcom Hello, Larry. But uh, I feel like she was on another sitcom too. She was. I think she was on like Mad About You at one point, and she was. She's been on a million sitcoms and TV shows. Yes, she was definitely giving Joanna Gleason. I thought the same thing. So you're not wrong. Okay. By the way, um, Joanna Gleason. Couple of things. The Gleason. Yeah. 
comes that she was married to the actor Paul Gleason, who was the one that that played um, the Dicky like assistant principal in Breakfast Club. And oh. yeah, he's dead now. And then also the daughter of game show icon Monty Hall. Really? Yeah. Go ahead. Why I have right. Joanna Gleason random trivia, I don't know. <laughs> but I do. Because faggot. That's yeah. why. You're right. <laughs> um, she was in she was in the wedding planner. She was in mm-hmm. Mr. Holland's opus. Mm-hmm. Um I'm looking through I'm looking through her stuff really, really fast. Joanna Gleason. Um she was she was on The Good Wife, apparently. She was mm-hmm. Judge Carmelo Romano. Mm-hmm. Um and just it, she was in Sex in the City. She was in a bunch of like stuff like you would expect. The West Wing, um, the practice. She did a lot of stuff like that. Murphy Brown. You're just naming shows now. You're just gonna be a coach. No, I'm not. I'm looking at no, I know, I know, but it's gonna be like the, the coach. It's gonna be like uh, No, you know. no, trust me, I'm going through I'm just trying to find stuff that would be of so, that. that like mid 90s to mid aughts like she was a guest star on a ton of stuff i have no idea i'm not looking at it right now but she seems like someone that would have been on an episode of benson uh let me look and so benson would have been in the early 80s yeah so let me look down and see uh she's had a lot of work done she has had a lot of work done um no no benson but she was on different strokes oh was she yes she was on different strokes uh at least a couple of times and she was on bosom buddies oh i could see that yeah yeah and hello larry yeah and hello larry she was on hello larry for as as a um morgan winslow Mm -hmm. but she played the same character Wait a second. She played the same character on Different Strokes in Hello, Larry. <gasps> was Hello, Larry a Different Strokes spinoff? No, but maybe they had a crossover? Maybe, because it was it was a Thanksgiving episode. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was a crossover, because it says the three episodes that she was on were Thanksgiving crossover part one, and then she was on, on Different Strokes, and then Feudin' and Fussin' part one, and then The Trip part one. Mm-hmm. So there must have been... There, there must have been um, Thanksgiving crossover part two, the trip part two. What was the other one that I just said? Feudin' and Fussin' part two. Yeah, so there must have been crossovers between Different Strokes and Hello, Larry. So everyone listening, I only know this as a comedy nerd. <laughs> Hello, Larry was a sitcom starring McLean Stevenson from MASH, right? He left right. MASH. He was like, I'm done. I'm too big for this show. And he goes on this horrible sitcom called Hello, Larry. And at the time, networks gave you a lot of time before they canceled you. You know, now they're a good day Mm -hmm. and they cancel you. So Hello, Larry actually ran for two seasons, but it was an iconic flop, like a huge, giant flop. And Johnny Carson... 37 episodes total. Yeah. Johnny Carson used to make fun of it all the time, what a horrible flop it was. And, And McLean Stevenson played... Uh, a disc jockey who has like maybe he's divorced or widowed and he moved to Seattle to take this disc jockey job or what it's horrible <laughs> and what's weird is in season one you didn't really focus on the radio station it was more about him trying to raise these two daughters and then season two they're like okay this isn't working so they switch everything you don't really see the daughters anymore and now it's at the radio station 
and um, or maybe it's reversed. Maybe it's one, it was the radio station at first, and then the daughters. But the two seasons are very different from each other. And it had well, this... the one sounds like WKRP. Oh shit! Oh no! Oh no! Yeah. Oh, join now. Yep. Sorry, I made, a, I made a mistake. I made a mistake. I made a mistake. Uh, I meant to. I didn't open a new tab. Here we go. But what also I love about it is that they had this theme song that because he was a disc jockey, I used to play it whenever I talked to Larry Flick. And it's an awful theme song, right? And I would sing, and he he was just not amused by it at all. Right? Well, hello, Larry. You talk to people all day for a living. Oh, it's Portland. Sorry. Okay. Isn't one like theme song used to be like take forever? Yeah. Oh God! It's so great. <laughs> yeah, No, I just stopped it. <laughs> uh, and Larry, Larry, Larry was Larry Flick. I don't know. I haven't talked to him forever. I think he's mad at me. Really? What the, what do I, what the fuck do I care? I don't know yeah. if he's mad at me, but he's very dismissive. I've tried. I so, feel, yeah. Yeah. So Chad looks oh, like yeah, the, the, the look. <laughs> okay. Sorry. And those the, are the looks. <laughs> are, are those really the looks? I have nothing else to say about any okay. of the looks. Nothing, nothing right. of note. Okay, on the main stage, Rue asks the girls who should go home. Fifi and Sharon have it out right there on the main stage. Later, RuPaul names Sharon Needles as the winner of the challenge and places Latrice Royale and Chad Michaels in the bottom two, forcing them to face off in a lip-sync battle for their lives. The song, No One Else on Earth by Winona Judd. In the end, Chad is told, Shantae, you stay, while Latrice Royale is asked to sashay away. Tell Taylor the Latte Boy any final thoughts on the episode. Um, one thing that I noticed was I guess I have gotten used to the um the screens between the judges because all of the judges sitting at that table, they all look like they were sitting at a banquet table squished in like shoulder to shoulder. Well, the table used to be much smaller, yeah. Even even before yes. the thing, yeah. <laughs> it just was very like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, well, Nona Judd is, like, taking up, like, Santino is, like, you know, like, sitting, someone sitting next to me in an airplane. You know, like, he's just squeezed right. between RuPaul and Winona Judd. Right. Um, I completely forgot about that Chad had to lip sync. Mm-hmm. I I thought that Chad went the entire season without having to lip sync. Mm-hmm. Um, Hello, I Larry. also thought that it was, <laughs> I also thought it was interesting that, you know, when the topic came to where Sharon said Fifi's name, mm-hmm. that Fifi kind of proved Sharon's point. Mm-hmm. But I think she also did a really good job of changing the narrative of Fifi being cutthroat to the family values comment. 
of where she kind of was able to kind of turn herself into the victim of, I do believe in, I do believe in family values. Family values are a part of me. You're not going to say you're sick, but that's not necessarily what it was about. It was more about Sharon saying we're a sisterhood and Fifi is making it very hard for us to be all of us to be sisters with her because she is so, so competitive and so hungry for the crown. Mm-hmm. So for Chad to come, but come back in and kind of reiterate what Sharon was saying, I thought was interesting. And the fact that no one said Sharon or Latrice. I'm wondering if, you know, cause now with Latrice gone, all the black people are gone. And I'm wondering if Latrice looks really upset and, and I wonder, I would love to know, and maybe they've talked about this on Race Chaser, or I don't know who's talked about this, but, oh yeah, what do they talk about on Race Chaser about this whole Sharon saying the N-word backstage? Is Alaska kind of sensitive about Sharon? Alaska doesn't seem sensitive about Sharon um, when, when they talk about her. And they don't, I don't think that they necessarily come right out and talk about that. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I think that they are friends with her. Like, anytime that they have anything kind of nasty to say about a queen, it's usually Willem that says it. Alaska's mm-hmm. never the one that says it. Mm-hmm. And Willem tends to allude to things a lot. With the exception of Mimi, I'm first. She goes after Mimi, I'm first pretty severely with a lot okay. of stuff. But with a lot of the other stuff that the girls have gone through, she'll just kind of make comments that Alaska clearly knows what she's talking about, but she doesn't come right out and say it. And then Alaska just, like, nervously laughs. Uh, anyway, but I wonder, because we know from Dita that, um, Sharon was constantly saying the N-word backstage, and it was a problem. So I wonder if, like, Dita, if there was a, almost an element where they thought, oh, well, Sharon's not going to go through, because at some point, someone's going to step in and say, this person who's saying the N-word can't go forward. And is just like, whoa, the bitch mm-hmm. won, and I'm gone. You know, I wonder if there's, I, I'm putting words or thoughts into Latrice, but, um, I wonder how much of that plays into that. I don't know. I don't know. Any other final thoughts on this episode? Taylor, the latte boy, star of stage and screen. Uh, no. Did you want to comment any more about Latrice's? You, you mentioned that just how classy it was. And well, I remember when I first saw it, it made me really emotional. I didn't get emotional this time. You know, this is partially be partially because we know that Latrice comes back for All Stars one, but you she you, she doesn't take a lot of heat because of the way the format is. But when we see her in All Stars, whatever she's in. You're like, oh, she actually really wasn't that good. She kind of ruined the sort of mystique of Latrice. Yeah. And okay. But before the mystique was ruined, I was like, oh, this bitch was robbed. She should have been in the final three. And I felt very emotional and I really sort of cried and uh, got, well, I won't say cry, but I got teary eyed. I didn't get misty eyed this time uh, because I do Uh know what happens to her and she goes on to have a very successful career and whatnot. But uh, yeah, but it is a great. I don't, somebody here might know. This isn't the first time someone stopped at the end, though, and said something, is it? I don't know. I, th- I think that they gave her... It felt like this felt longer than any time that they've ever given another girl that time, though. But I think that is because... Clearly, when she left and everybody hugged her and she kind of did her, you know, I am chunky and funky, large and in charge, and everybody... Mm-hmm. It seemed like it was a genuinely, like... They were like wishing her well out yeah. of the building. Yeah. That I think that they the producers had to realize at this point, oh, we have a we have a true character here. Yeah. That we want to give her her final due. Yeah. Whereas I think a lot of them, they just kind of go like, okay, thanks, and they walk out. Did you have any thoughts on the lip sync? 
Chad should have won it. I mean, mm-hmm. if, if between the two, I thought that Chad should have won. Latrice kind of didn't know the words every once in a while. Um, well, also, but, I mean, and, and they're more blatant with it here, brazen with it here. But like last week, Latrice had a song that was tailor made for her, you know, and this week, and same thing with Dina when she got uh, This Will Be. And I think this week they just gave Winona's there, so there's no way I can do it. But like Chad had a number that I mean, like, it's just going to be easier to pull off as a thin white girl dancing around than as a big fat black girl. Yeah. Yeah. Even I mean, though Winona's a big fat white was... girl. <laughs> I watching it, I kind of, because she said, you know, country isn't necessarily, I've never lip synced to a country song before. She said that in the confessional as the song was going. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to watch the song because that is a song that is very pop country. Mm-hmm. It's not super twangy, even though Winona is kind of twangy. So I was trying to watch it from the standpoint of if, you know, a pop singer did that song. You know, and, you know, and in that regards, I feel like she hit it, but she was not necessarily believable as a country star Mm -hmm. compared to Cher, who also kind of looks like Pam Tillis (laughs) singing a song like that, that it, that you kind of got, you kind of got that look as well. Did you just call Chad Michael Cher? Oh. Well, that's going to do it for this week's episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. Be sure to join us next week and every week as we continue to discuss, dissect, and deconstruct each and every episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Season 4. So, for Taylor the Latte Boy and myself, sashay away until next week. For listening to RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. Have something to say? Email us at dragracerecap at afterthought.media. You can also leave us a voicemail at speakpipe.com slash afterthoughtmedia. Follow us on Twitter at Drag Race Recap. For more access to LGBTQ content, support us over at Patreon at patreon.com slash afterthoughtmedia. You can follow Taylor the Latte Boy on Twitter and Instagram at P-I-M-C Taylor. Follow Joe Batance on Twitter and Instagram at Joe Batance. This episode was produced by Zach Birch. Drag Race Recap is an Afterthought Media podcast.